It's time! Fight fans and degenerate gamblers, welcome to the Thick Boys Fight Club, where there are only two rules. Rule number one, always talk about Thick Boys Fight Club. Rule number two, talk about Thick Boys Fight Club, even if no one wants to talk about Thick Boys Fight Club. All right. We are back once again. I'm Nick. And I'm Ty Stewart. And uh, go, just guys. really quickly, I'm just going to, you know, again, guys, we've got our raffle coming up for a Steepy or DC my um, or Daniel Cormier T-shirt coming for their upcoming bout. We're going to be doing the drawing on August 10th. And the way you enter is by subscribing and like and comment on a video. For each video you like and comment on, you'll be entered in the raffle additionally. So, you know, you can have up to, I don't know how many more episodes we got before then, but something like four or five. So definitely like and comment and we'll get your information, your size. We're going to pick the specific shirt. You're just going to tell us which fighter you want. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Then uh, I guess we'll jump into the news. Let's do it. Um, Alrighty. So the big one for me, which is really sad to hear, is I guess this was Fabricio Verdum's final fight on his contract and does not have any interest in signing or re-signing with the UFC. He said he has no ill feelings or anything towards them. He just wants to go about finishing his career on his own terms in his own way. So best of luck to him. I've really enjoyed watching him here throughout the UFC. You know, he's had some amazing fights beating – for uh, being the first man to beat Fedor Emelianenko, although that was in strike force, you know, then beating Cain Velasquez for the heavyweight title in the UFC up in Mexico City, beating a man with better cardio who was the king of cardio at the time. Uh, just best of luck to that guy. But do you think he's saying that right now, like UFC could offer him the amount of money he needs, or you think maybe Bellator's already offered him the more money, and that's kind of why he's saying that stuff? Yeah, I would think it's probably he's going to go to Bellator or something. Like, not to be a dick or anything. He's like, he's old. I think okay. probably, yeah, he's, he's a little older. bit older. He's probably looking for big money fights where he can be competitive and it's not as dangerous for him. Like, realistically, yeah. if I was his manager, I would be like, I don't want you to fight um, Francis Ngannou. 100%. Yeah, I don't that's not a good fight for you. I don't think anyone wants to see that, honestly. Right, it's like it's you're not as quick as him. Like, yes, your jujitsu is way better, but it's still a really scary fight. There's a you know, there's better matchups outside of the UFC where he could become a champion, you know, and get paid for big sure. money for it. For sure. Where for here sure. in the UFC, it's like, man, it's a it, look. The baddest dudes in the planet are here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, and then the other bit of news was we wanted to discuss a little bit about the uh, Francis Trinaldo and Justin Herbert early stop or sorry, late stoppage. I believe Dan Hardy was talking some shit to Herb Dean saying that, you know, he took too long to stop the fight. He was endangering the fighter. Uh, Nick, how did you feel about it? Well, yeah, well, Dan Hardy's stood on the side, a complete third party in this whole thing really has no business speaking during the match, yelling to stop the fight. Um, you know, it's it's a hard thing just because poor poor Herb here, you know, it's like if he would have stopped it, I, I don't think anyone would have even said a thing about it. No one would have been, we wouldn't even be talking about this right now. Yet he didn't. He allowed the fighter to 
to try to do something, which I honestly agree with a hundred percent. I think Herb truly did the right thing. I mean, all of us as fans, if you're fighters on the ground after getting cracked like that, you're going to not want the ref to jump in right away. Your heart's going to say, Oh, give him three more seconds. He's going to, he's going to grab on and he's going to recover and everything's going to be fine. You know, that's the way you're going to look at that situation. In my opinion. Um, I just, you know, and like the problem is, is Herb Dean is a hundred percent right. They all know there's no fans in the stadium. Zero fans. There's only people in there that are working. So poor Herb hears that. And like he said in his video, all he, all he has to think about is, whoa, was that the doctor or their corner that said that? Because as he stated, that is the, tr I, I, and I, this is a, that's actually knowledge to me. I didn't know the doctor can yell, stop the fight in the middle of a fight. And the referee is supposed to step in and stop the fight. I, I had, and I'm sure, obviously, we know when they're in Vegas or wherever they are, when I mean, you have a million fans screaming, you're not going to hear that. So it doesn't really matter, you know, which, but in an arena like that where there's no one, it would matter, which is why when he heard it, he was, whoa. And he goes afterwards and talks to them. They're like, we didn't say that. I mean, that's actually in my, and the truth is, I think that's kind of the telltale sign there. If you go to the fighter's corner and say, hey, did you guys not like the way I stopped that fight? And they're all like, no, we thought you did the right job. I think that says enough right there, right? Oh yeah. I, I, look, yeah. I'm I'm with Nick here. Which no matter which way he did it, he Herb was in the right. Look, if he stopped it earlier, he was defending the fighter and protecting their safety. He was just giving the fighter an opportunity because the guy did put his arms out, put one on his chin, put one one reached out to defend himself. And at the end of the day, it's your job. You don't stop until the referee pulls you off. You might think if you think it's a clean knockout and it's a walk away knockout, then walk the fuck away. Yeah. But if you, if he, even Trinaldo wasn't a hundred percent sure the fight was over. That's why he stood over and ready to punch him in the face again was because he's like, is this going to get stopped? So the fact that the fighter himself who threw the punch was questioning whether the fight was over or not shows the fact that, Hey, look, it was, it, it was a close call. I think Herb did the right thing. Look, man, and I get it from Dan's point of view, too. Him being a fighter, he was knocked out, I believe it was four times in a row or something, back-to-back -back fights. It might have been three. So, of course, he has this whole thing of when he sees guys getting knocked out, he's looking out for their safety, thinking about the damage that they can take. Because let's be realistic here, man. Fighters are taking on a huge risk performing this sport for us. It's like, man, you know, we all know CTE is real. We all know punch drunk is a real thing. And professional fighters don't want to see other fighters go through it. So it was just one of those things. Look, Herb is the best in the business. I don't think anyone has any right questioning him. The man who's been through more fights refing than anybody else besides yeah. maybe big John. hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. I would say the only person that has any authority over him is big John. And you know, earlier as you and I were talking about this, the only thing I can see too, though, with poor Herb Dean is he's forever going to have in the back of his head, you know, Robbie Lawler. I mean, that had to mess with him, obviously. So oh, 100%. I'm, I'm sure because of that incident now, he is definitely making sure <laughs> we're stopping the fight for real, you know? Um, and, you know, sometimes guys are going to take a couple extra hits because, you know, yeah. and, but hey, this is fighting. This isn't goddamn fake wrestling.
This is professional, real deal fighting. So yeah, and both gentlemen knew what they signed up for and what exactly. could potentially happened to them. The funniest thing, though, is too. You know, I don't know if you saw this in the pre. Uh, there was a in the women's prelim fight before this, the Beth Correa fight. Oh yeah. Um, she, <laughs> I don't know because you know they're in obviously a different place and the sounds are a little different. There's no crowd. Um, they hit the the you know they hit the sticks together for just say for ten seconds left. Right. For some reason, Beth thought that was the end of the round and literally puts her hands down. And the girl she's fighting was Kinonzad. Uh, I'm not exactly sure how you pronounce it. Sorry. But literally just starts wailing on her and almost knocks her out. Like right after, like this is the third round. Yeah. I mean, it was crazy. Rookie <laughs> mistake. Off, 100%. And that's a full on professionals doing that, you know? But yeah, totally rookie mistake. Yeah, sometimes so, you just get lost in the moment. Shit. Which, well, I think it just kind of goes into that fight a little bit of, you know, just there's no one around. It sounds, are, you know what I mean? It's just... You Protect know, yourself at all times. 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 Even if the bell rings, you should still keep your hands up for an extra second or two because you never 100%. know when that dickhead might just throw an extra punch. 100%. Like, we've seen fight dirty fighters do stuff like that. So, it's your... At the end of the day, the best person to protect you is yourself. So, yeah. Just be on the side of caution. Yeah, for sure. But... All Let's right. go ahead and get right into it, huh? Well, let me just uh, real quick, oh, guys. No, just a little, little, little piece of news we want to share with you guys. This is the list of the bonuses that were hounded out for mm-hmm. that night who received $50,000. We had Tanner Boser, Tom Aspinall, Jesse Ronson, Paul Craig, and uh, I can't pronounce his name, man, but I'll get him one of these. How's that? And Faripu Verdum. Very Maurice good, Overdue. guys. Maurice right. Overdue. Yep. And so very good. Let's, um, but yeah, let's get into it. Guys, we had seven fights to break down for you on Ooh. this one. Man, that was a lot was, of homework. It was a lot of homework. <laughs> Glad we don't have to do that for a while. And, and yeah. it was, it was great to up, feel that both of us went five and two. You know, it was a good weekend for us. So can't yep. complain. But yeah, first up was Kemzat <laughs> Chimev, seven and zero, or now officially eight and zero. Coming in at minus eleven hundred originally, I think he moved up all the way to like almost minus fourteen hundred. Yes, uh, fighting in the welterweight division against Ray's McKee. Now he's ten three and one. He and I think almost at almost plus nine hundred. I think I got I saw him at like plus eight fifty. That's what I last what I had last checked. Uh, well, I'll tell you guys as I said on the show. You know, we all obviously knew Kazmat was gonna probably win this fight, and we called it. Uh, but I would definitely put money down on McKee. Well, the odd went so crazy that I couldn't even put a bet down on him because of how the, the guys, the bookies weren't even taking money on the guy anymore because of how high it was. Just they were obviously were thinking the same thing I was just in case, you know, that guy hits. <laughs> so and uh, I got my thing reaffirmed that, yes, yep. don't even waste a penny on oh, fucking Reese McKee. <laughs> my God, I'll tell you straight up. I am a full on believer now. That guy is legit as fuck. I mean, he comes out after in his post-fight interview and says he would fight the same day under two separate weight classes and wouldn't give a fuck. I mean, who says that? Who says that? This guy is savage like him who has nothing to lose. He wishes there was another week of fights at Fight Island. He would fight again. I mean, he is crazy. He's legit. I mean, what was the stats? I think poor, this poor kid got off two hits. No, in- no, no. Zero this time. The one before had was two, two? hits. Oh so in his God. last two fights, he took two punches. 
this guy oh, is a fucking like man. i told you guys man he's the fucking truth don't fucking sleep on him and remember the name he's the real deal and expect to see him whichever weight class he decides he wants to be in because <laughs> he first fought at middleweight then he fought at welterweight which is even crazier he lost 15 pounds for this fucking fight in 10 days or nine days yeah he had to lose it in nine days zero fucks and dominated this dude yeah he's legit mark him on your your little your little list that guy you see his name come up you bet everything on him no doubt that's right it's crazy because let's think about guys that uh, the only guys i probably want to see him fight at welterweight are like i think if if you could convince colby to do it that's the guy uh someone with just retarded cardio insane wrestling and then he's got we don't know what because we don't know what kazmet striking looks like but he's a guff yeah. he trains with gufsison he could be solid as fuck so like it's to me solid. that and but we don't know what his cardio looks like we assume that it's incredible it's gotta be because it's gotta be gotta but be. so to me it's like colby makes the only one where i'd be like okay that might be a that would be a competitive fight yeah i i would just that's crazy say, that's what you gotta think of give him to a top five guy I, I top even, 10 give him top 10 I honestly say give him to a top five and let's see what happens. No, well, I heard the I announcers. The announcers that night were trying to say let him fight the champ next, and I'm like, right. no, 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 no. <laughs> but here's the thing, right? Is if you're in the top five, there's no way you even say yes to that fight. She's like this. No, that does nothing for me. The guy isn't even ranked. Yeah. You so, know what I mean? You got to yeah, beat someone in the top the 15, then you can yeah. beat someone in the top 10. He's gonna have to work his way up. But I feel sorry for anyone with the UFC yeah, has forces to, to sign that contract. <laughs> like you got to sign this. This isn't yeah. a question anymore. <laughs> for sure. For sure. Yeah. All, All right. right. Next up. We had Paul Craig officially now 12, oh, no. five a- and Alex Oliveira. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I skipped one. Alex Oliveira now 21, Oliveira, eight and yes. one. He came in as a minus 170 favorite fighting in the welterweight division against Peter Sobota. Now 17, seven, and one, he came in as a plus 150. Uh, I'll, I'll jump into this real quick. Look, the line on Sabota almost went even. I think it ended at plus 115. So you're talking about $35 swing into this coming in. So I was starting to feel good, like, okay, you know, smart money's coming in behind me. But you know what? Alex Oliveira looked incredible, looked in the best shape we've ever seen him. That guy looked jacked, and those kicks were savage as fuck yeah no for sure he looked the sharpest we've seen him in years and thinking back to it i think the announcers were actually kind of right what they said you know he got some of these personal issues behind him that were haunting him i don't know if we all a little bit remember that but baby mama had called the cops on him and said that he beat her up and all this stuff this was a few months back and yet then she was all of a sudden pregnant like a week later uh, there, there was some things going on in his life is all I'm getting at. And I think that got behind him. Maybe he's um, more focused than ever. I just, um, I went with the pick. Just, I didn't think so. Sabota had it in him to beat him. And, you know, I called it right. But the way Alex did it, I mean, my God, those leg kicks were savage. Now, granted, I kind of, and I'll be honest with you, though, I was a little worried there. My boy, you know, I mean, square kick to the nuts. I was like, oh, man. Then 
a blatant eye poke. I was like, oh my God, they're going to take a point I was, from this I dude. was surprised they didn't take a point. <laughs> I I'm know. Like, I was like, oh my God. It wasn't God. like it was a glancing shot to the nuts the first time. It was, it was full. Where? Dead, <laughs> yeah, dead on. And then it wasn't a glancing eye poke. No, it was no. middle finger <laughs> yes. straight gouging him in the eye. I was like, take the fucking point, man. These are two huge things to happen to this poor guy in one yeah. round. And I loved, um, I think it was Paul Feller that said it. He goes, you know, yeah. I gouge. Excellent in a street fight. <laughs> oh, fine. and also, I think it was Paul Felder who said, I think someone needs to kick Alex Oliveira in the nuts now. <laughs> like, <laughs> someone's got to do it back. I was like, 100%, yeah. man. You think but, Peter yeah. Feels is great after that? Yeah. And then, I, I, yeah. Yeah. No, I was worried. I'm not going to lie. I was very worried because yeah. like, if they went to that point, there could, we could have been talking about it. Your, yeah. your boy would have pulled it off. <laughs> Oliveira here turned this into a pure kickboxing bout and showed that he was definitely the superior striker. And poor, poor Sabota here couldn't get it to the ground. He waited till the second round to actually attempt his first takedown, which a little frustrating from my point of view watching, but he didn't really ever get close to getting him down. For sure. Yeah. All right. Yep, next up was Paul Craig, now 12-5-1, coming in as the minus-130 favorite, fighting in the light heavyweight division against Gedzirmad Antigalov, now 20-7, and who is the plus-110 underdog. Nick? Um, you know, this one was uh, Paul Craig cemented himself in again as the submission artist that he is, honestly. I mean a quick first round submission um i mean it was it went real fast i almost i'll be honest with you i almost missed it because i was looking down at my phone during when it happened <laughs> i had to watch the replay on that one um i didn't think he'd get it done like that honestly i thought this was going to go the distance and i thought paul was gonna have to grind this one out but got the early victory yeah no i was watching very impressed um I did think Paul Craig was going to get the submission to win this one. I thought that it was, but I honestly thought it was probably going to happen in the second or the third round. I thought he was going to gas Antigalov up because that's been kind of the story of his losses is that he just goes so hard in the first round that he, he just puts everything into it that in the second, third round, he doesn't have much left in the tank, but did a great job. Went for a guillotine at first, had to abandon it and did a great job under pressures, just throwing up that triangle choke and just sticking with it. And, cinched it up tighter and tighter with every punch that was thrown at him. It was beautiful. Yeah, for sure. For sure. No, that was a good one. Glad I picked that one right for you guys too. Yeah, so that same. had me up. So I was, yeah, that's right. You went with Paul Craig as well on that one, correct? Yeah. Yes, so, yeah. yes, yes, yes. So, we, so there we go. I think Nick was at that point. Well, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Came out the same. Yeah. <laughs> um, but next up was Carla Esparza, now officially 18 and 6. She was the plus 160 favorite fighting in the straw weight division versus Marina Rodriguez, now 12 and 1 and 2, minus 170 favorite. And, man, I was bummed about this. So bummed. Uh, I was. Look, it's just what we know is Rodriguez has to work on her takedown defense. That's the only reason she lost. Yeah. Off of her back, she was throwing some beautiful elbows, sliced as far as open early on in the fight. She was active off of her back. But I was wondering, is, why isn't she putting her feet on the hips? And I was watching closely, and she was just as far as it was doing a great job of rotating her hips whenever the feet were there, just shaking them right off, keeping the pressure on. She did make the same mistake twice, diving for that ankle lock at the end of the rounds, which you know made two rounds a lot closer than they should have been, honestly. 
those were big mistakes, but at the end of the day, she did everything she needed to do to seal up that division. I mean, that um, decision win. Well, yeah. I mean, honestly, if I was Rodriguez, I, I don't, I would like to watch the fight again, honestly, but and when I watched it, I instantly said, this was nothing more than her coach's fault. I mean, the game plan, that's why Carla, Carla won this fight, just because they obviously watched the footage and they had, a game, they had the proper game plan. As Marina's just were completely, there was out the window. I mean, like you're saying, the second she was on her back, that was game over. And Carla just kept taking her down and down and down. And yeah, standing up on the feet, striking, Marina cracking her. You know, but second it would happen, Carla just had a plan. She's gonna take her back down to the ground. I'm gonna have my way with her for, for two or three minutes. I mean, it was a very simple. And so obviously Carla saw the hole in her game and they attacked it. And yeah, it's a shame that she didn't have a game plan to defend against that, obviously, like you said. Just well, no takedown defense, really. Yeah, I think the game plan was to have it. She just obviously needs better wrestling coaches or rest wrestling yeah. um teammates that can really push her and take her to that next level because you know you can see that Rodriguez has all the talent in the world to be a contender and possibly a champion one day she there's just one glaring weakness that was exposed by Esparza and you know if she can really just fill that hole up then she she can be one of the best in her division no doubt in my mind yeah yep that was a bummers you know that was a good underdog there um and I'm gonna go back to this too you know guys um as a gambler as the gambler in me, I see this from time and time and it's, it's hard because I sometimes say the opposite, but I do really agree with what I'm about to say. It's almost these women fights. I almost feel like it's a safe bet. If you want to gamble to go with the underdog sometimes, I mean, I'm saying in a fight like this now, obviously I'm not talking about Amanda Nunes. That's I'm not, I'm not saying be fucking dumb. But I'm just saying, when you got a situation like this where it's like Carla Esparza, we knew had the skills. We know she's just kind of older against a girl like this who's an up-or-coming. Like, that wouldn't have been a bad bet to make, honestly. Especially at what was she? She was plus what? Plus like, 160. That's what I mean. Like, that, there was value there, you know, which I honestly, in my heart, I wish I would have picked up on that. We just... I know I saw some footage of Mariana, and I was like, oh, my God, she's fucking the truth, you know? And <laughs> so... You know, it was what it was there, but I'm just saying for you guys in the in the future, maybe try to remember that. And I'll try to remind myself about that. You know, I definitely looking back on it, that was a sleeper right there that we totally missed. And yeah, I usually well, you pick know up what? on that kind of stuff. It, it's hard when you see a girl like Marina Rodriguez coming up and you watch her past fights. She look like we said in the last episode, she's nasty. She's an absolute savage. Like, mm-hmm. and if she could have stayed on her feet, she would have fucking done it. We thought her takedown defense was going to be better than what it was. That's all it came down to. Yeah, she. It's just look. All credit to Esparza. She's a great wrestler. Great, just some incredible takedowns. Made it look easy, and that's not an easy thing to do. She's sure. just look former champion. What can yeah. you say? Exactly. Um, but next up, the fight that won me my money back. Thank God, <laughs> Fabricio Verdum. Now twenty four and nine and one. He was a plus 285 underdog fighting in the heavyweight division against Alexander Gustafson, now 18 and 7. And he was a minus 350. I am so sorry if you bet on that guy. But I told you, man, I fucking said it. The difference in their ground game is so huge. There's such a huge gap between what Fabrice Overdoom can do and Gustafson can do. 
that it really shouldn't be a contest. And you know what I saw? I saw shades of Damian Maya, a guy who knew what his best skill was and just went for it. He just chased that takedown and never gave up, and he got it. And then from there, it was easy night of work for him. It's another well, day in the office. As I told you after the show and one day when we were sitting there, out of the underdogs you had picked, I said to you, I think Verdum's the one you got. And you did. Don't lie. You started questioning it. When I was sitting there, you said, man, I, I don't know. I really think Sobata's going to get it done. You said this to me at your house. Yeah, I'm not saying that I didn't believe in Verdum. I said, no, 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 no. You too. Just I was more confident in Sobota. Sobota. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. that's why. And I said, nah, I think Verdum's the one you got. So well, look, I felt man, it too. I was, I was the one who believed. You obviously did it. You came no, in a little didn't. scared at the end. No, I was scared. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I was scared. But I just, you know, I just want to put it out there that look, I. Here's the question, Nick, that all the fans want to know. Did you bet on him? No. Nope. Oh, wait. all right. No, 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 no. Sorry. No, I did. he didn't. The answer was on, no, he no, didn't. He told did. me. He called me and said, I wish I had hopped on that one. Oh, you mean did I bet on Verdum? Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I did not. Gustafson, though, <laughs> I had put in a couple parlays, so he fucked me right there. Honestly. And let me tell you guys, I bet on Verdum, and it paid off. Yeah. For, unfortunately, I had bet a lot on Sabota, so that did not help me so much. <laughs> yeah, no. I um, unfortunately followed a couple parlays that our boy Ryan over there at his um, little betting website had put out. Thanks, Ryan. Great picks this week. Oh, <laughs> but um, yeah, you know, Verdu, man, he, um, he had a game plan and he executed it perfectly. I know we were talking about this and you didn't say, I don't know, man. I look back at it again, though, man. I just, I think Gustafson's done. He should have, Dana White says it best. If you say you want to retire, you should probably just retire. Once that thought's in your head, as he kind of came back, like, obviously, it was, oh, man, I just don't like making the weight anymore. I mean, I'll be honest with you. He just looked thick at that weight. He doesn't look like he belongs there. Look, he can, he can still compete. He's still one of the, the better guys. But let's, this is how I – like, this is also the reason why I took Verice over Doom. You're still talking about one of the best heavyweights in the world. Yeah. And this is a guy who lost to – a series of the top contenders at light heavyweight. And you think just because you add on an extra 30 pounds, you're going to take on maybe, I don't know, I rank Verdum is easily in the top five at heavyweight. And you think this guy who's maybe top five at light heavyweight is going to jump up to heavyweight and then take on the former world champion, a guy to beat, like I said, Fedor Emelianenko, Cain Velasquez. And this dude isn't a ref, isn't known for his incredible takedown defense, isn't yeah. known for being a good jujitsu guy. And you're putting it against the only heavyweight currently right now that is a two-time ADDC world champion and Brazilian jiu-jitsu world champion. Like, to me, this... I know. But, like, you, yeah. but look at it. Look at what else you're saying, though. You got Gustus in here. Like, who... You're absolutely right. You're saying he can still compete, but not in the top, not in the top five. He can't compete yeah. there. Well, no, he should, but this is the thing. He should not have taken that as his first fight at heavyweight. That was ridiculous. This is one of those things where sometimes I wonder, man, who is hiring these managers? Who is letting their fighters accept these fights? Because if I'm there, I don't care if my fighter says that. I'm the best in the world. I can take anyone. And I'll be like this. I believe you, bro. I believe you. But let's make sure you get to that title. Let's make sure you win this fight. Let's get you paid and make you famous. You don't need to prove and have the hardest fight of your life. Let's get you the right fights get you paid, make you famous, and we'll still make you champion. So don't be, don't be doing these. So as you hear, guys, 
if you're listening right now and you need an agent, NT Sports Agency, call us up. We will hook we'll you up. We will help fucking find you the right path to the top. top I'm yes. telling you, sometimes, like, I get it. Maybe the UFC kind of pressured him into this one or there was very few opponents. But, look, especially for someone like Gustafson, this is, this is probably going to be – he's probably got one more run left now. Right? I don't think he loses one more. Done. I think he, he's done. I think they give him one more fight at heavyweight. But no, if he no. loses one more fight, it's I done think, for him. No, I think the UFC will give him a fight. I personally think he's going to bow out now again. I think he'll say, I'm, I'm done. But he said right before this, right? He said, I'm going to, no matter what happens in this fight, I'm here to stay. Is oh, is that said. what he said? Okay. He said, I didn't he hear said that. that. Yeah. My, but my point again, though, is I know what you're saying that he shouldn't have taken that fight. But. Your point is, if he's him and he goes, I want to be the champion, I think he has to know in his heart, he can't beat the guys he's going to need to beat to become the champion. That dude ain't going to be Francis Ngannou. Right. No, look, I, I'm totally with you, but like he I could mean, still – but the thing is, I don't – if he gets in the cage at heavyweight, right, with yeah. Francis Ngannou, let's say he, he wins enough fights to get there, yeah. he still has a chance, right, a, a puncher's chance. True. But if he never – wins the right fights to get there, you'll never get that chance. So that's where you as a fighter yourself and your, it's your agent's responsibility to make sure it's like, look, nine times out of 10, you don't beat this guy, but I just want to give you the one chance out of 10 and maybe you get that one. All right. You know, I feel that's you. The thing. I, yeah, yeah. I feel you on that. Yeah, Cause right. like you said, anybody can win on any given night. Maybe if the true. stars align. Yeah. But, but at the, the end of the day, you got really to get there. But that's oh, what exactly. I'm, now, the stars are really going to have to align. I'm just saying, I think, I think when you talk about other fighters, what you're saying is more, I, I hear what you're saying. Don't think I don't, but I'm just saying, if I'm Gustafson, I'm known for wanting to be a champ. I have to know the path that I have to go to get there. The guys that I'm going to have to beat, it's nearly impossible. I mean, I, and I just threw Francis Ngannou out there. That's not even the least of your fucking worries. Right. Honest. Well, look, if you're a fighter, you have, <laughs> yeah. if you're a fighter, you have to have a certain level of, uh, what's that word? tenacity illusions <laughs> yeah. of grandeur yeah, <laughs> yeah there you it's go. called you're yeah. kind of a narcissist like you that. really believe in like you have yeah. to have this unbelievable belief in yourself that you are the greatest thing you're the you're the greatest thing to happen to the world like yeah. i'm the best to ever come out and so you know that's they, mean. The, and that's where the it's the manager's responsibility to yeah. reel them in to a little bit more realism but like i'm saying he already was thinking i'm not when he retired yeah. after the, that last fight and now he just lost again i have to think that his spirits are not the highest yeah. right now look if he wants to keep going i hope he goes and sees a sports psychologist um i think it would be very good for him <laughs> oh there's nothing wrong manager. with seeing one yeah. <laughs> yeah and definitely get yourself a new manager bro let me tell you i'm fucking trying to help you out yeah <laughs> but yeah just talk to someone because obviously like you said he's gonna have a lot of doubt and questioning himself and you know there's no shame in going and talking to someone about it to help rebuild your confidence and like you know do what you got to do. Look, the greatest, one of the greatest of all time did it. And that's George St. Pierre. So have no fucking shame. Okay. Like, if that guy can do it, you can do it. I want, I want, I'm trying to look up who his manager is right now. I'm going to laugh super hard <laughs> if it's like, what's that dude's name? Ollie, whatever. That is a great manager. Hire that dude. Yeah, but that I'm going to laugh if it is his manager. And then his dad goes on and motherfucks his <laughs> next time he's like these dumbasses yeah. on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. Well, look, while, while Nick's looking that up, I'll just start up the next one. Yeah. Uh, next up, we had Mauricio Shogun Hua, now 27, 11, and 1, coming in as the minus 185 
favorite fighting in the light heavyweight division for the trilogy fight. Rogerio Noguera, 23-10 and 10 now. And he was a plus 165 favorite. And let me tell you, to me, it was a um, use, rinse, repeat. Yeah. It was the same thing again. We and, and Good sorry, fight. Real quick, it's some guy named Nima Safaport. Never really, I'm sure he's some big-time guy. I've never really heard of him. Yeah, I'm sure he's big so, where, where yeah, they're from. But, that, but yeah, so no, yeah. no worries. Fire that dude. But yeah, that dude. Um, we had, like Ty just said, Shogun. First Noguera, in my opinion, it lived up to everything we thought it would. Uh, yeah. It was a great fight. It was pretty much it, – it went down almost the same as all the others. Like, you know, competitive from start to finish. Noguera would rock Shogun. Shogun would rock Noguera. And Shogun would go for a takedown, you know, to save himself. And then, you know, I don't really a, think it was any actually deep half guard that happened I'll be, this time. I'll be a little upset, and I hate that we have to bring this up again. I was a little upset with the judging and I really felt there was some biased shit going on there for Noguera. I can't believe one judge scored him winning the fight. I thought that was complete bullshit. It was a hundred percent and I confirmed it looking at verdict. You guys all felt the same way. Shogun got first in the third. If you did not see that fight like that, I don't know what the fuck you were watching. But it was on two spectrums, right? Like, you had the guy who thought Noguera won the fight, and then you had the other idiot who thought Shogun won all three rounds, which was yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, I know. That's true, too. So that's Thank God I mean. there was one sane yeah. person in the room. <laughs> yeah, like, thank the God. <laughs> yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I didn't even think about that. But yeah, that was fucking nuts. I mean, I hate that. It, once again, we have to bring it up. But, I mean, my God. Please, Dana. If Let's you guys are fans of the out. UFC, go get a job because it obviously isn't that fucking hard. Yeah, anyone can, be a fu- anyone can be a fucking referee for a UFC Obviously, fight. you don't have to be a lifelong martial artist or have competed in the sport at all. You can just go, hey, I watch fights all the time, man. I'd be perfect for this. Can you imagine if Verdict got so big that that's how they scored these fucking fights? Like all of us uh, went on our phones and fucking logged in. Yeah, and but we shit. couldn't do that. We couldn't do that. The only reason is, do you remember that time when and it only, Dana only did this once? Uh-oh. Where he told the fans, I'm going to let you guys vote for who won fight of the night. Okay. And it was a George St. Pierre card. And I forgot who the actual fight of the night was. Great fight happened. But every fucking casual fan Went voted George for George St. Pierre. And it was one of his usual boring ass controlling fights, which given was a fucking masterpiece, but it wasn't fucking fight of the night. I'll tell you that much. And Dana White had to say, we'll never fucking do that again. We'll never leave it in the hands of the fans because that's fucking ridiculous. And so now if you're, I'm just saying there's no way we can allow the general population to decide these fights. Oh yeah. No. I mean, can you imagine if (laughs) if a general population scored Conor McGregor beating fucking, um, <laughs> you know, anyone. It wouldn't even matter what happened. Oh, the guys, they're unanimously Conor McGregor wins Connor, every round. Conor got dropped twice <laughs> yeah. in the first Don't round, but he was scored no, a 10-8 sorry. for him. <laughs> and you're just like, what? <laughs> That's exactly what would happen. So yeah. yeah, no, you're absolutely right there. The other thing is when you bet, obviously you're more leaning towards the guy you you picked. So exactly, I but think yeah. your solution to having five judges. I think that's yeah. the only real logical thing to do. It is. You know, yeah. but it is. let's move on. We've yeah. already beat that dead horse yeah. several <laughs> times. So uh, on to the middleweight main card or main event of the evening. We had our boy Bobby motherfucking Knuckles, a.k.a. Robert Whitaker, now 22 and five, coming in as the minus 130 favorite fighting 
Darren, the Vanilla Gorilla Till, now 18-3-1, who is a plus-110 underdog. And uh, let me tell you, it was a lot closer of a fight than I thought it was going to be. Way closer. I'm actually shocked that it went over. I'll say that first off. Um, as I yeah. said, that was going to be my little secret side bet. I was going to say, man, pound that under. I thought it would have been first round, second round. And it almost was. I mean, Whitaker got rocked in that first round. And then Whitaker rocked Till in the second round. Yep. And, I mean, whew. I mean, I can tell you, man, my heart dropped. When Whitaker got dropped, I, my heart dropped, man. Yeah. I will say for Till, man, he really – um, his skill set really shines when his opponents bring the – his opponents really do bring the best out of him. Because like we said, we aren't huge fans of Till. But after watching that fight, I'm not going to lie. I loved watching Till fight. It was – Oh, yeah. You knew he was fucking dangerous every second of that fight. And that he could he could end it at any moment, and his technique looked a lot more sound than Robert Whitaker's. Like Bobby Knuckles was swinging, head hunting out there, and Till stuck to his game plan, stayed on the outside, really picked his shot, very sharp. But uh, Robert Whitaker did what I loved because coming into that fifth round, I had it scored two and two. What did you have it, Nick? Yeah, I had it two and two. Well, uh, no, I actually had it. Um... I had Whitaker winning the fight at that moment, but three and one. I had okay. it three and one, but I said logically it really could very well be two to two right now. That yeah. was the way to look at it because if yeah. I wouldn't have wanted Robert to think, oh, it's three to one, I'm just going to cruise. That would have been devastating. Oh yeah. yes. So I'm glad he saw the same thing, but I, I, I saw it either way. But personally, yeah. I did have it three to three to one is what I was thinking. Yeah. I personally had it two to two. It was really close and. Robert Whitaker did what I like something I talk about here on the show all the time is he showed he is a complete mixed martial artist. He knew the fight was so close on the feet that either one of them could win the round to decide the fight. And what does he do? He mixes in takedowns. He does something that his opponent can't do to -hmm. prove that he is the more complete fighter and he has more tools at his disposal that he can use to win a fight. And that's what won it. Like, to me, that's what won the fight were those last couple takedowns at the end of the round and really put the stamp on it. Because if he didn't, literally that round could have gone either way. And it wasn't – It was so tight. It wasn't just one. It was two in a row. Bang, bang. And he just stuck with it and just never let go. And he, you know, and that's what he needed to do. And that's what I'm talking about. These, these guys need to have so many tools at their disposal. You are literally doing yourself a disservice if you only stick to the thing you come into the UFC with. If you come in as on this amazing kickboxer or Muay Thai guy and you never learn how to be on a, an offensive wrestler – you're doing yourself a disservice, just as it is to wrestler. Oh, I'm so good at takedowns. I don't need to learn how to stand up and be this you know, elite kickboxer. Only doing yourself a disservice because eventually someone's going to come around with the tools to stop what you're good at yeah. or compete with you. I mean, I'm, the other thing is Whitaker was so smart to do those takedowns truly just because, got to be honest, I was a little, little um, worried there that last 10 seconds. He had a huge gouge gouge cut in the top of his head can you imagine what a fucking shame that would have been if they would have stopped that had a doctor come in and if a doctor possibly would have shut that down because of that with 10 seconds left i'm glad 
I think Robert knew that is a possibility possibly because I mean, there was blood everywhere. Oh yeah. So he dug his forehead straight into Till's body, you know, and just ended it quickly like that. Thank God he did that. I'm not sure if that's the funniest thing. I would love to know if that's possibly another reason why he did that. Not even thinking about the takedowns for the points. I'm sure he did, but it's very possible that he was like, man, I just want to try and hide my head real quick, you know, and not to have any, anything happen. The other thing that was a little interesting there at the very tail end. Um, I don't know. It was herb that was refereeing that fight. Correct. If I'm not mistaken. Uh, I believe so. I, don't I think really it remember. was. I don't. Whoever the ref was, I'm not sure, but he like kind of paused the fight right when the cut happened, and but he thought it was because I think he thought Whitaker hit Till at, um with an eye poke, because he kind of looked at, at um Till like, "Are you okay?" And then Till was like, "Yeah, I'm fine. Let's go." And he's like, "Okay, fight." You know, well, that was kind of an odd thing right there, and it was like with 15 seconds left. I'm not sure yeah, exactly what happened. That's the thing, right? You can't like if he did get poked in the eye, he can't just let Robert just start you know, swing it on him with like 15 oh, yeah, seconds no, left and just win the round. Yeah. I don't believe that either. Yeah. yeah. So he was just, you know, he was helping the guy he thought was at a disadvantage. For sure. For sure. From, yeah. But yeah. But yeah. But yeah, guys, neither, nonetheless, it was an excellent fight. Excellent main event. Excellent fight to cap off fight Island. Yep. And I a mean, very bright look. Let me say, I just want to say real quick, very bright future for Darren Till. Look, he may have lost this fight, but he made me a fan. And, you know, I'm sure for every fan he wins, he's very happy with himself. And he, I have a feeling, you know, this guy's going to be one of the top guys in the division. Do I think he's going to be the guy like Paulo Costa or Israel Desanya? Maybe in the future we'll see. But right now, I think this is probably the best thing for him to lose this fight and then kind of build himself back up. You know, maybe get a little bit better. But he looked, he looked incredible. For sure. For sure. All right, guys. Well, that is all for us tonight. We will be back. We got next Wednesday night, guys. We got the main event. We got Brunton versus Edmund Shabaizan. <laughs> uh, we'll look forward to that one. Break that fight card down for you. We're um, glad that's We'll practice a- our enunciation yeah, of that name before. Anyway, sorry about that. But we'll a uh, little five-fight card thing, and we'll be back in Vegas. So back to normal times. We'll be able to end all that misery. For those poor fighter guys. And um, yeah, as we said before, guys, please like and subscribe and comment if you want to be entered in the contest. By all means, you got a free yep. t-shirt coming your way for the big fight. D- yeah, the, DC. the heavyweight championship of the world. Of DC versus Stipe, your pick. Who is the greatest heavyweight of all time? Is it my boy, Daniel Cormier? Or, or is Nick's it my man? boy, <laughs> Stipe. Stipe Maiochik? So there you go, guys. Thank you so much for listening once again. We'll see you guys on Wednesday. Yeah, until next time. Peace. All right.